Welcome to the BizTimes MKE podcast and another episode of Weekly Debrief. I'm Arthur Thomas, Managing Editor at BizTimes Media, and I'm joined, as always, on the Weekly Debrief by BizTimes Editor Andrew Weiland. Andrew, how are you doing? I'm happy to be here. <laughs> we made it to Friday. That is good. We'll be putting out another issue of the magazine. That is good as well. It's getting chilly. That's less good, but we'll, uh, we Dark. will endure it. Dark early. Yes. Gotta fully get, you know, embrace that, uh, at some point. But, uh, well, let's, uh, let's get started with our insider story spotlight. That is a chance for us to highlight some of the stories that are available only to BizTimes insiders. If you are already an insider, thank you very much. We really do appreciate that it support. It helps make our work possible. If you're not an insider, please consider subscribing. The equivalent of $9 a month will get you access to all of our stories on our website, biztimes.com. It also gets you discounted admission to some of our events and other insider benefits. So please do consider subscribing. Andrew, what is your insider story spotlight this week? Okay, uh, interesting little story about a new event space opening at the Paps Brewery Complex, former Paps Brewery Complex in downtown Milwaukee. You know, it's been interesting to see over there, if people are familiar with Best Place, which is one of the smaller buildings in that area. It is what at one time was basically in the brewery complex. It was the corporate headquarters office building. And it's it's a really cool building. And, um, you know, Jim Hurdle you know, as the brewery complex was redeveloped into a neighbor, into a mixed-use neighborhood, Jim Hurdle, uh, that was his piece of the of the project there, and he created a gift shop, but he also created, he's got three different, you know, event rooms in that building, and they've been enormously successful, just enormously successful, especially for weddings. There's just tons of weddings and other events that are held there because it's just a cool, unique space for an event like that. Um, and what's surprising now to me is a, a building right next door, what was once the Paps Bottling House building, which is now mostly a student housing building with some, there's like a food court in there, like five different restaurants, kind of like a food, food court, food hall, whatever you want to call it. Um, they decided to create, they had like a 3,500 square foot space that I guess they were hoping to get some retail there. They didn't get retail there. So they decided to make it an event space. It's a pretty cool space. You know, it features the cream city brick and and exposed beams and all that stuff. Um, that an old building like that offers, but it's just curious to me that, you know, best place has done so well and already offers three of its own event menu, event venues. And now there's going to be another one over there. So It'll be interesting to see how that does, but uh, that's the place to be for weddings and other events, I guess, downtown. Yeah, apparently. Uh, my insider story spotlight this week is one by our real estate reporter, uh, Cara Spoto. Uh, she had a story about uh Chicago commercial real estate firm uh, making a purchase in uh, in Germantown, uh, one of the industrial buildings. Um located uh just southwest of Landon Road um off Interstate 41 uh and the big 
number here is really the sale price, $21.3 million sale uh, for 186,000 square foot building um, on about 22 acres. Um, so that was a building developed and sold by Ryan Companies out of Minneapolis. Um, and it was purchased by an uh, LLC affiliated with HSA Commercial Real Estate. Um, so just another interesting transaction um, to take note of. Um, and podcast listeners may know we had an episode up uh, earlier this week with Jeff Hoffman of Cushman Wakefield Berkey. Um, talking all about the industrial real estate market in southeastern Wisconsin and kind of digging into how it's doing in, uh, maybe call them turbulent economic times, uncertain economic times. Um, but you know, they're seeing continued activity. Um, and just interesting to track that as, as a, as a marker of how at least one piece of the economy is doing. Yeah. You know, Jeff and, and, and like you said, Jeff and other industrial real estate brokers continue to tell us that that market is extremely strong and um you know this is just another example of that and you know getting that investment from outside the region and hsa commercial has been very active in the milwaukee area for many years so it's another um it's just another example of that for them so um that market continues to remain very very healthy and very attractive to outside investment Mm-hmm. We'll uh, turn now to the our big story of the week, and that is news from the Wisconsin Department of Transportation, uh, which announced Friday that it will be pursuing a plan to expand uh, the I-94 East-West freeway uh, between 16th Street and 70th Street in Milwaukee from six lanes to eight lanes, um, which it's a $1.2 billion plan. Um, to com- basically completely rebuild this 3.5 mile long stretch of uh, the interstate and between the Marquette and um, and the zoo generally, um, and many people may be familiar with this this proposed project, or and it's had a, a long saga. Um, obviously, the you know first the Marquette interchange was redone. More recently, the zoo interchange was redone, and so it would make sense that that something is going to happen um, for the space in between those two. And uh, there have been plans and talks of plans and lawsuits and um, Mm. more plans and and reconsiderations. And I think at one point they were talking about a double decker freeway um, in this area. Uh, If you're familiar with that stretch, you know, it goes right past American family field. Um, You have at one point cemeteries on either side of, you know, the interstate. So you've got, you can't really go too much wider in a lot of ways um, without disturbing um, graves. So, you know, it's a tricky thing to try and figure out and lots of proponents um, or lots of opponents of this, of the eight lane plan wanted to, you know, stick at the current six and, and not do this full complete re complete rebuild. On the other hand, you had lots of proponents of expanding it. Um, including a lot of business groups, the MMAC, um, the Walker County Business Alliance was in favor of expanding it. Uh, the operating union was as well. Um, interestingly, the somewhat the, the near West side partners organization supported Hispanic collaborative supported it. Um, so you've had this kind of 
back and forth from both sides of, of what should we do here. Um, a lot of folks did not want to see this level of expansion. There's environmental groups opposed to it. There are, um, there's been some, some, um, kind of neighborhood based groups in the city of Milwaukee opposed to it over time. Um, so a lot of interesting pieces. DOT came out today and said our preferred choice is to go with the eight lane expansion. So now we, uh, the process continues. There will be public hearings, uh, on this in December for people to weigh in. Um, so we're not, it's not like a shovel goes in the ground tomorrow. There's a little ways to go still, but, um, a big, a big hurdle to clear, um, in this project's, uh, process. Yeah. You know, the, the freeway projects always, uh, bring out a lot of passion and, and debate, um, you know, that sort of revol- sort of revolves around the role of um, automobiles, kind of in our in our world and in our region. You know, I, I think you know advocates for the city for a long time have felt you know that that the way the freeway system was built has had a detrimental effect on you know the city proper. It sort of resulted in the suburban boom years ago. And you know, kind of pulled a lot of a lot of commerce, a lot of wealth out of the city. And you know, the the city has been kind of struggling for a long time to sort of rectify that. And you're, you're and you always talk about huge numbers of these freeway projects. Um, Zoo Interchange was well over a billion. I think maybe one and a half billion, one point seven billion, something like that. Market Interchange was eight hundred million. This is one point two billion. So I mean. <laughs> the dollars that are thrown around on these freeway projects are extraordinary. And I know that, you know, from a regional perspective and moving people and moving goods around the region, around the state, that's where you get a lot of business folks saying, you know, we need to keep investing in freeways and expanding them and making travel around the area as efficient as possible. When you get right down to, you know, the city of Milwaukee where this freeway runs through, there's a there's a feeling of you know this freeway is kind of sucking dollars away from the city and into the suburbs a lot in a lot of senses and a feeling that you know why isn't more dollars invested in mass transit um, because the, the the funding for the freeways vastly exceeds mass transit investment and some respects that makes sense because a lot more people are using the freeways but you know there are a lot of people who don't necessarily have access to cars and live in the city and are trying to find ways to get around and rely on mass transit or just the nature of urban areas in general because they're more densely populated you know to be as vibrant as possible need a strong mass transit system so we've had many debates in milwaukee about mass transit whether it's light rail, the streetcar, high-speed rail to Madison, KRM trains between Milwaukee and Kenosha. I mean, the the Milwaukee County Transit System continues to struggle with funding. So, I mean, the debate around mass transit in the Milwaukee area has been an intense one for years, and you can't separate that from people's feelings about freeway expansion. That's why you get, you know, this pushback and 
The other issue, I think, is just, is just that seeing so much state and federal money invested in freeways, which, of course, serve a state and regional interest, but local streets, say in the city of Milwaukee, are crumbling at the same time and don't get that same amount of investment, which, you know, you might think, well, that's a local street, so it needs to be funded locally. But on the other hand, you know, if it's the biggest city in the state and region, there's people coming in and out of the city of Milwaukee to do business or to recreate that are using those facilities and they don't live in the city. They aren't paying city property taxes, but they are using that facility. So there's a state and regional interest in Milwaukee streets as well. So for all those reasons, it's a, it's always a contentious thing, but um, you know, I, I do think a lot of times the, the feelings Pro and against the freeway projects are, are kind of exaggerated. I think, you know, the the business community sort of obsessing over the project, um, you know, is kind of extreme. You know, I, I think a six-lane freeway has served us well, and the traffic in Milwaukee is notoriously not as bad as other places. Whereas on the other side of it, this project, you know, the four-lane improvement is not by any means going to destroy destroy Milwaukee and I think some of the gloom and doom on the other side is extreme as well yeah I think that's the the I mean from the business side like I I can I could see how the like the interstate projects that went into Racine and Kenosha to um, for 94 um, and how that can improve and open up transit you know connect a better connection to um you know, Chicagoland area, you know, that, you know, much longer distance that we're talking about there. Um, And I can, I can see kind of how that connects to the business world more. So a 3.5 mile stretch. I mean, you know, I've sat in that traffic heading westbound, you know, at five o'clock in the evening and you sit in it for, you know, what, five minutes, 10 minutes. Um, It's not, the worst traffic ever and we've talked in the podcast before you know i live in actually live in chicagoland and 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 work remote and, and commute uh, i will trade you traffic um uh, any day of the week mm-hmm. uh and that's you know even just out in kind of chicago suburbs uh, in terms of volume of people and and things being difficult getting around so there's that i think um the milwaukee alderman uh michael murphy and uh bob bauman Kind of had the, that their their point in their statement about this really uh, point to the local roads element of this, and I mean, how much more could you accomplish? You know, how far does one point two billion dollars go in fixing Milwaukee roads, and what does that mean for um, you know Milwaukee neighborhoods and things like that? I mean, we've just seen you know the um, Mayor Kevlar Johnson's administration putting out what was it a, around eleven million dollars in plans for traffic calming efforts between the, around the Fiserv project um, in the former uh, Boston store headquarters building and on the, on the East side on, on North Avenue, you know, that's two projects with traffic calming measures for $11 million. Now, you know, multiply that across 1.2 billion. We could solve a lot of, you know, problems with that. Um, if you invested that amount of money in the city, granted, you know, federal money, state money, yeah. versus local money. I, I'll grant you that those are different sources of 
money and with different strings attached. But um, their point of, you know, we're investing a big chunk of dollars in, uh, you know, this 3.5 mile stretch compared to crumbling roads in the rest of the city. Um, and it's got some merit to it, I think. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the city's road, there are some very bad local streets in the city and the city has been trying to you know kind of make headway on on repairing and there's just so many to do and the city's in a cash trap situation that circles back to another debate of course about state funding you know and the, the city seeking either more shared revenue from the state of wisconsin or seeking the right to increase its sales tax um, getting that, having the state legislature allow the state to do that, which would give it more funds to fund, you name it, whether it's police officers or street repairs or whatever, um, that would be helpful. So, um, you know, the, these, these funding debates are all really tied together. So when you see a project like this go on and you see opposition, all these different things are connected and, and factor into the to the concern, but uh, you know, I, I know there are people who are excited to see a one plus billion dollar investment in the Milwaukee area, and there's going to be a lot of construction activity and a lot of jobs and a lot of firms put to work on that project. So there are clear there are clear benefits on the construction side and in the uh, the ability to move move product through the region as well. Mm-hmm. Well, if you are someone who is in support of this or against it, there are public hearings coming up December 12th, uh, 3 to 7 p.m. at Wisconsin State Fair Park, um, and then December 14th, 4 to 7 p.m. at Marquette University High School. So go ahead and uh, make your voice be heard and uh, come back next week and hear our voices be heard on uh, the big news of the week. So. We'll leave it there for this week on the BizTimes MKE podcast and the weekly debrief. Andrew, thanks for joining me as always. This is Dan Meyer with BizTimes Media. You've been listening to the BizTimes MKE podcast. For more business news and insights, be sure to go to biztimes.com and subscribe to any of our daily e-newsletters and our magazine, BizTimes Milwaukee.